You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Welcome to the Seahawks postgame show. Disappointed fans leaving, leaving Lumen Field as we speak. Heads are down. We're frustrated. We're confused. End of the day, we walk out of here with a loss. The Tennessee Titans beat the Seattle Seahawks 33-30 to with an overtime win. Now, there are a lot of ways we can go with this. We can look at the positives. We can look at the negatives. To start, a positive. All right, Tyler Lockett has six, eight receptions for 178 yards and one touchdown. Russell Wilson got going early, ended up the game with 22 for 31, 343 yards and two touchdowns. The Seahawks did not turn the ball over, but what they didn't do in the second half, only six points. Uh, costly penalties, 10 penalties for 100 yards. We know that Pete Carroll is against that kind of stuff. Time of possession. The Titans held the ball 42 minutes to the Seahawks, 22 minutes. Third downs, the Hawks were in grade four for 12 on third down, only 77 yards rushing. Chris Carson couldn't get going on the other side. Derrick Henry had a day, 35 carries, 182 yards. It just felt like the tell of two halves. That first half, you felt good. You go into halftime, 20-49. Second half, things kind of stall out. Derrick Henry gets going. Big plays are made. More penalties are made for the Seahawks. But... That's why you play the game. You have to digest this, learn from it, and try to move on. We will break this game down. I will be with Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin. Uh, we're going to hear from Steve Rabel. We're going to hear from Coach Carroll and a bunch of players stepping up to the podium. Before we do that, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network station a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. The conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. All right. It is what it is. You take the L. When we return, we're going to talk to the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel, right here on your on the Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks lose to the Tennessee Titans in overtime, 33 to 30, deflating loss. Tell the two halves. Now we get to talk to Steve Rabel. Rabel, man. I feel like these fans right now, I'm looking at a few of them in their eyes. We're sad. They're walking out of here. Lumen feel disappointed. Uh, what are your thoughts just overall on this game? Well, they, they they should be disappointed. I know the players and coaches are disappointed as well. It's just one that got away from them. I mean, I, I heard you a moment ago, tale of two games, two halves, and uh, it looked like that first half. Well, the Seahawks certainly won the first half, and it looked like, okay, continue on, and uh, you win this game kind of going away. But it didn't happen that way. And Tennessee, again, you let a good team hang around long enough, and they're going to find a way. Tennessee did. Uh, just an unbelievable performance by Derrick Henry. What did he have? 147 yards in the second half. you got to find a way to stop him. I know 60-plus was on one touchdown run. Still, that just means so many more first downs, so much more ball control for the Tennessee Titans. Um, we saw more of Julio Jones and A.J. Brown in the first half than we did the second half. Seahawks defense just could not get off the field, and then the second half offense just could not get started. Always it seemed playing behind the sticks. Nothing seemed to work very well, and Tennessee's defense rallied to the occasion. And finally, I'll end with this. It's, it's, it's one thing to have a team beat you. But when you have penalties like roughing the passer and taunting and 10 penalties for 100 yards and in key situations, at some point you got to start looking in the mirror and say we've got to be more disciplined. 
Yeah, I agree. Those penalties penalties really killed him. Ten penalties for 100 yards. Uh, the taunting penalty, Rabel, I'm not so sure how I feel about that. I understand the rule, and I guess if you interpret the rule for what it is, that is taunting. Uh, but, yes, you're right. This team definitely beat themselves. Before the game, Ray Roberts said they have to look out for Derrick Henry. He is going to wear you down. Is that what you saw out of 22 today? Oh, no question. You know, they tried to get him going a bit in the first half, and the defense was right there. They, they played great in the first half. Put hats on the ball. I think they started to get worn down a little bit, especially in the second half. And as I mentioned, you didn't have Brian Monet in there. That's 345 pounds worth of run stopper. So anywhere between the tackles that Derrick Henry ran, in all likelihood, he was going to find at least a piece of Monet at some point or another. Al Woods did a great job. All those guys did a terrific job. But it's just that, you know, this is a guy who rumbled for 2,000 yards plus a season ago. They just couldn't get him on the ground enough in the second half and get off the field and allowed uh, Tennessee uh, to score. Tennessee uh, with Henry had a couple of short touchdown runs plus that big run. It, it was just uh, a little too much for the defense to handle. And, you know, it's never going to get any easier. You always got teams that have good running backs, good passing games. You're going to have to put this one in the rearview mirror, but you better learn from what you did or didn't do tonight. All right, Ray, well, we got a bunch of negatives out there. Six points in the second half, the penalties, the time of possession. Let's flip it. Let's give something positive. Give me something positive yep. that we can take away from this game. Well, I mean, you look at the offense, and they played really well. And, and again, Tyler Lockett, big plays made uh, in the first half, a 63-yard touchdown reception. Chris Carson had a touchdown run in the first half, had a couple of them, as a matter of fact. Scored 24 points in that first half. Uh, and then only scored one touchdown in the second half. Uh, and that was on a 68-yard pass to Freddie Swain. So, again, the, the a bit of inconsistency offensively, but you saw the big plays. And it's something that while the Seahawks talk about, yeah, great, we want the possession and we want balance and all that, it is great to see the explosiveness and the, the, the ability of Russell Wilson to throw that ball deep, throw it on the money. Tyler Lockett finds a way to get there. That is as positive as anything I can think of today. Uh, and you just like to see that, and you hope that continues. All right, Rabel, I appreciate that last dose of positivity. You get home safely. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, Bob. Thanks. All right. All right, your Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans beat the Seattle Seahawks 33-30. to When we come back, we'll talk to Pete Carroll as he steps up to the podium, go down to the locker room with Jim Mueller. Bunch of other interviews next. I'll talk to the guys here as well. Again, Titans come in town. They win 33-30. to Pete Carroll is at the podium right now. We're going straight to him. That we didn't make, and I know sometimes I get these guys so freaking crazy that, that uh, you know, they're just going, going out after it, and, and uh, Miss Maris, you know, there was, um, and I'm not even, I don't have any question about the calls or any of that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about refereeing or any of that. It's just we have to do better. We have to play better with, with, uh, and handle the situation so that we get the benefits of all of the good play. And uh, we gave them some stuff. We gave them way too much stuff. And like I said, you give a good team that much, it's, they they keep hanging. They're tough. They got you know great players and and terrific approach to the game and all that. And it came through, and they won a game with it. And uh, you know credit to them. With Derrick Henry, did they change things up, or is that just a good back getting going over time? No, he had he had a big play. You know, I mean, we we were I don't know what his numbers wound up being, but uh, they were in a game with that they needed that they like. You know, where they keep on pounding away, and they were very conservative with it. And and after a while, you're going to make some yards. But we didn't have to give him whatever the big one was, I don't know, sixty or something, whatever that was. I know that you still have to review the case and it's 
probably too early to ask, but what did you see on that play? That, that uh, we, we we were too aggressive on the edge. I just got Jamal fired up about taking a shot at something, and, and he and the combination of how we played the edge right there, the ball bounced, and uh, and you know he's been doing that for years. You know he takes off and gets on the edge, and nobody can take him get take him down. And uh, you know, all day long we fought to not let that happen, and then it finally did. What did you do? To their the credit. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, the offense in the second half, when you got the big play to Swain, but there's you know, some three and outs there. Did just anything kind of change there in the two halves? No, I don't know that anything changed. You know, we we, uh, we got you know they they made a mistake and we took advantage of it really well, um, and uh, you know just not as you know we just weren't as clean as we needed to be. Third downs need to go a little bit more in our favor to keep the thing moving, but um, no, not in particular. Was DK hurt? He didn't look right on that uh, overtime. Um, he, he was he was a little sore, yeah, and, and I'm not sure exactly what it was. He, had, I mean, he banged his knee or something like that. Do you have an update on Brandon Shell? I, I don't. Sorry. You said there's you know a lot of good stuff within the bad. Did Bobby Wagner, 20 more tackles in the sack. What did you think? Of yeah, I, mean, I thought he played a phenomenal game and. Uh, uh, defense did a lot of great stuff. You know, we were really aggressive and really on the attack. To hold them down like that in the running game when they really were trying, um, that was a good effort. You, you could see the line of scrimmage, how many times we tackle them for nothing, you know. And, but they were, you know, they stuck with it and they stayed with their philosophy. They know they got in trouble a week ago not being able to do that. And so they were able and they, they it won for them. What did you think of your running game on offense today? Um, I thought it was uh, spotty. I didn't, I didn't feel like we, we took control of it, you know, and, and uh, like we would like to. No, they they played it pretty much the same. Um, we we didn't execute quite as well, but uh, they, they didn't change much. Seemed like it was kind of a feast or famine day with the pass rush. A few drives, really able to get after Tannehill, and then the rest of the game was just kind of sitting there comfortably. Were you surprised with them having a couple backups and? On the offensive line. Yeah, I, I, we really thought that we would, you know, we would get more more pressure just w watching what happened last week. But they did a nice job, and, and we didn't do as well as we needed to. Did, did you take Jordan Brooks kind of out of the game there for a series or two after the penalty? Or? Mm -hmm. hey, what, what was the thought behind not using your last two timeouts when the Titans were driving on, on the in regulation? Um, we were ready to do that, but the ball got down, you know, all the way down. Um, you know, you didn't, I didn't want to concede the opportunity right there that early, and then it, it, they scored fast enough. They left us 24 something seconds. That was about what we were going to get. Could have done that a little better. Did they take away your tight ends more than you expected? No, you know, late in the game, you know, I, or middle of the third quarter, sometime, you know, I made mention, you know, that Gerald hadn't gotten the ball much, you know, and, and uh, um, we had some stuff called, and you know, we had tried to get some things done, and it just didn't work out as it happens sometimes. But it, there was not a change in our approach, you know, other than we just didn't get the ball to him. What did you see from Russell on the late game sequences? The, the last drive, we just, you know, we we took a big shot and. Uh, Missed by a hair, you know, on the sidelines, and, and then um, 
the second down play, this, that's the only three plays that I, that I thought were really of question, you know, that we didn't, we didn't handle those three plays as well as we needed to. You know, we couldn't, we wind up on the goal line, you know, backed up. So we, we, we messed that sequence up getting out of there and uh, made it really, you know, really easy for them, you know, and, and, uh, and not getting a couple first downs there and move the football and kick it deep if we, at least, you know, we didn't get that done. So disappointed in that sequence, but um, that was it. As much emphasis as you put on the fourth quarter and finishing to have this game kind of go that way on both sides of the ball, how wrong yeah, is that? I mean, I hate, I hate this. You know, I hate, I hate having the 24 9 at halftime. Come on. You know, and uh, we took care of the ball all day long. You know, did a great job with the football and, and uh, wind up plus and, and give a game away. That's it, it had to be other really big things that happened, which were the penalties. And it was, the, you know, those, um, you know, the big. The two hits on the quarterback, you know, those were huge plays for, for them. And uh, the out of bounds, just unnecessary. I mean, they're just unnecessary things that happened, you know, and, and uh, we need to be better than that. And I, I need to be better. I need to help our guys better than that. You mentioned, you said you need, you need to help your guys better. And before that, Derrick Henry, big run, you've gotten Jamal Adams juiced about something. What do you mean by you need to be better with when you're talking about being Well, I, when, when there's that many plays where guys do stuff like kind of after the fact, you know, we're trying too hard. And, and they get them too freaking jacked up and, and they're going for it and, and we're feisty and we're, you know, all of that. You know, that's, that's not the first time that's happened, my guys, you know. And so that's why, you know, I got to do a better job. Brandon Schell, do you have a... I don't know. Don't know. I didn't get the update. Uh, it, it, but it was an ankle sprain is what it was. Anything okay. else? Thank you. And obviously uh, disappointed Pete Carroll touched on a lot of things. Um, you win the turnover ratio, but you still lose. He pointed to the penalties when it comes to that. But he also pointed out that his guys are doing a bit too much after the play. Moyer, we were sitting next to each other watching this game. And um, you pointed out these are young mistakes, right? You see a young DK. Yes, it's his third year. He's been in the league for a while, but uh, he has a chip on his shoulder. He plays like that, kind of got the best of him. You see Jordan Brooks push a guy out of bounds. It's kind of like a retaliation for what had happened between 85 and Jamal Adams. And then you get the the um, taunting penalty against Reed, which I, I thought was bogus. But he makes a good point. And if there's anything good out of that, he took responsibility for that, right? Because if you are not coaching it, you are allowing it. And I think that's going to be a point of emphasis. But you cannot make those mistakes against a good football team like the Tennessee Titans and expect to come out victorious. Yeah, I mean, I wrote down youthful penalties and mistakes. And, and youthful doesn't always mean rookie mistakes, right? It's just it's youthful. And, and you mentioned a couple. There was Derrick Henry's first touchdown run when he we bottled him up and he cut it all the way back. <clears throat> you know, we got a young linebacker out there. He's trying to he's trying to be aggressive and he, he you know, he shows his, his head inside, uh, you know, and when he should have stayed outside for that, that bounce there coming the other way, there's a bunch of them there. Uh, it, the taunting, yeah, look, that's the new rule. They've they put that in. It's the dumbest rule. The NFL must get rid of it. You cannot have games decided on somebody being excited. That was an excited play. That's yeah. not taunting. And they, they've said, I don't want to get too much on that one. Um Look, I'm going to say I'm, I'm, you know, I'm following Twitter right now. Everybody relax, man. It, we did not play a, a good game. We, it's, well, actually, I think we didn't play well at all. Right. Um, we made some plays at times, or they, they did, and we had a chance, and probably not just a chance, probably should have won the game. Uh, you know, I won't say we lost because of the extra point. 
we played poorly, and we played poorly with penalties. And again, I, I don't want to say dumb mistakes, youthful mistakes, all the stuff that Pete's talking about. There's so much upside on this team. What we, we talked about as well, look, Tennessee is loaded. They're loaded with talent. They had a great game plan. I will say this, look, there's a lot of mistakes we're doing over and over, and it's not just the young guys. It's the veteran guys. They got to clean that up. There's going to be a lot to clean up after this film. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, Turbin at the, in the pregame was talking about the third down conversions. And the Seahawks, I think, were 4-12. Four, four so I don't know what the, what the Titans conversion rate was, but it seemed a lot better than 4-12. for 12. And, so, and, and to me, uh, obviously the Seahawks were taking advantage of some opportunities in the first half. That's how you have a 24-9 20, lead at halftime. Come out the second half, just wasn't able to generate, you know, some of the offense that, that needed to wear some of the clock out to kind of put more pressure on them to have to make big plays. They were able to stay within their game plan and get themselves back into the game. And then, you know, like we also talked about in the uh, in the pregame, you know, Derrick Henry is a second-half type of dude. Like, it, like in the first half, teams bottle him up and it looks like he's not going to have a big day. And in the second half, uh, you know, he just he just tears it up. He had 22 carries for 147 yards in the second half and three touchdowns. So um, just, you know, you know, the other thing that Turbo said, like in the, in the first uh, pregame, too, was like you have to for the whole game, fill those gaps and be willing to, to stick your face in the fan, basically, to make those tackles. And, uh, and it, it wears you down. And so, uh, like Paul, some useful mistakes. Uh, missed some chances to take advantage of some opportunities. And then just, just down the stretcher, just wasn't real sure what the offense was trying to get accomplished. Paul, with a lot of emotion over there, I see. <laughs> it's my guy. Uh, listen, I'm going to just have to slightly um, just disagree, not necessarily disagree, but I don't think we played a bad football game today. Um, I just think that uh, I, we lost control of it. And when you, you heard it from Pete, and you asked him about the run game, and that's really where I'm going to focus on because Pete said, oh, I don't really feel like we had much control of our run game. And although we had a big lead at halftime, it didn't really seem like we really had control of the game because we weren't really being efficient offensively. All of our offense and our scores were coming off big plays by our defense turnovers and obviously explosive plays by our offense, but we weren't putting together like, you know, drives like we saw last week and, and seeing Russell kind of uh, dial it up and get different guys involved and have a consistent run game uh, for us to be able to take control of the game uh, and, and be able to finish it off. What you saw in the second half was a tired defense, uh, and uh, that's because, you know, the Titans had the ball for over 40 minutes of that game. We only had the, the ball for 22 minutes of that game. But why is that? Because we weren't able to take control of the game really, okay, be efficient offensively and utilize our run game, all right, to really dominate the second half. When you have a big lead like that in the first half, it kind of seemed like we kind of, you know, took a deep breath, came back in the second half, and weren't ready offensively. Uh, and you could tell Titans took advantage of that. Titans took advantage. Derrick Henry got going in the second half. But end of the day, it is a loss. Wear the same gear that you see the players wear on the field. Find the 2021 Nike Sideline Collection at the Seahawks Pro Shop. New warm-up attire, exclusive hats from New Era, player jerseys, and more. Shop online anytime at Seahawks.com slash Pro Shop. All right, when we get back, we will hear from more players at the podium. We will also go down to the locker room with Jen Mueller. 
That's all coming up next year. Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans beat the Seahawks 33 to 30. All that's next on the Seahawks radio network. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. We're going to go to the podium where Tyler Lockett is speaking. A bunch of truth um, while we're out there. But, you know, it's just about just learning from it, getting better from it. Even if we would have won, it's the same thing. You got to be able to learn through those wins and through those losses. You talked about seeing the corner blitz from Tennessee and some adjustments they made. Was there something else specifically that you saw? It's kind of like that. No, I mean, I I, I just feel like, you know, um, that was one play that they did that they don't really show. And it just happened to work out at that right time. Um, I don't really think they did anything different that we saw. I think we adjusted to everything that they threw at us. It was more so of we just weren't able to get a rhythm in the third quarter. And, I mean, you know, it kind of goes the same from the first game, too. We kind of didn't have a rhythm in the third quarter, too. So we just got to be able to come out in the third and fourth quarter and just be able to finish. We see what we can do in the first half. We know what we're capable of. And we just got to be able to continue to learn how to be able to play when we're on top. Uh, you know, at the end of the first half, you guys went 75 yards in less than a minute. Um, second half, almost nothing. Did you guys lose your edge um, in the next second half? Uh, no, nah, I mean, I was in the game, so I don't really know what we lost. Um, I just think that, like I said, I think that when when you have a team like Tennessee who's moving the ball, it was almost flipped. The tables was flipped. We were moving the ball. The offense for Tennessee wasn't really getting a chance to be able to stay on the field, get their composure, run the plays that they wanted to play, that they practiced, and, you know, it almost got flipped, like, we weren't able to get out there on the field as much as we did in the first half because Tennessee did a great job being able to move the ball downfield, controlling the clock, controlling the tempo of the game. And for us, we just got to be able to know how to be able to take that, um, take that back, take that momentum back, being able to just play, like I said, every part of the game. Because like Pete says, you can't win in the first three quarters. You can only win in the fourth. And so for us, when teams get momentum and when teams start being able to do great or they start to control the clock, we just got to be able to learn how to play when we don't have the ball as much as the other team does. Kind of following up on that, he talks about the fourth quarter and finishing all the time with you guys. For for this fourth quarter to go the way that it did, how how frustrating is that for you guys? Uh, Well, I don't think that any of us expected, you know, to lose a game like that, you know, especially with the history of just being here and the fourth quarter wins and how we fight and all that type of stuff. But I think for us, like I said, it's a learning experience. Not everything's going to go your way. Um, sometimes you're going to get knocked down. Sometimes, you know, the momentum is going to go to that team. But like I said, it's, it's a game of momentum. And the team that's able to control and keep their composure and learn how to be able to play through the momentum shifts, that's the team that's going to be able to win. And that's the team that's going to be able to stay alive as we enter the playoffs and all that different other stuff. So for us, it's just being able, like I said, we we learn how to play when we don't have the ball as much in our hands. Like you said, we was able to move the ball for however many yards in under a minute. But we also got to learn how to be able to control the clock. We also got to be able to learn, you know, how to play when we are being explosive and, you know, when we are playing two minute and when we do need to be able to control the ball. So it's different aspects of the game. It's not always trying to be able to do the same thing every time. Anything else? All right. Have a good weekend. All right. That was Tyler Lockett.
eight receptions, 178 yards, one touchdown. The thing that stuck out to me during that interview was learn. He kept saying we have to learn. We have to learn how to play when we don't have the ball. You have to learn how to play and keep your composure. You got to learn how to control the clock. I think that's the right perspective in games like this. If he were to come up to the podium and just be sulking and pointing the finger and making excuses. That's what we do. We make excuses, right? <laughs> As players, he's got to learn so I can appreciate his perspective after a loss, right? Yeah, you know, you know, you know, I'm the guy that always wants to argue the momentum the momentum thing. But uh but what it really comes down to is executing. Like they out executed you down the stretch. That's what finishing means. Like you execute the play, you execute your game plan, and uh, without that execution, those things don't happen. So uh, it did, didn't quite happen for the Seahawks today. Uh, you know, like I said, in the first half they took advantage of op- opportunities. Second half they just offense wasn't on the field a whole lot, and the defense couldn't get off the field. So <laughs> it it wasn't necessarily uh, momentum. It's just executing. They ex- out executed us with their game plan in the second half, and we didn't make the plays in, in, on defense to get off the field or the plays on offense to stay on the field. Yeah, Tyler's not he's not, not a youthful no, guy, right? I mean, he's a veteran guy, he's experienced and, and and more importantly, he knows how to win. You know, the one thing we have and the reason why I threw the youthful part out there is we have a lot of new guys that have not been on winners that have not don't know how to close out games along the way. And so part of that's is learning. They're they're in a great organization for that. Um, an interesting statistic here I was just showing Ray. We had two drives today over 2 minutes. Mm-hmm. They both times we did the one was four minutes and fifty eight seconds. The other one was four minutes and fifty six seconds. We punted both times. The other ones, you guys, it's three plays a minute. It's five plays a minute fifty. It's three plays a minute forty four. We scored a touchdown. Two plays. We scored a touchdown, but it took twenty eight seconds. Seven plays. Forty eight seconds. Scored a touchdown. Fourth quarter. Three plays. Three plays. Three plays. Four plays. Minute 50, minute 30, minute 30, 29. So there's no, you meant, there's no sustained drives going on. We're living off the big plays, which is great. We want to have both of those. And, again, I, I'm not really – this, to me, is well, – this is a great learning film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is, you know, uh, Turbo mentioned it's not necessarily that we played poorly. We just didn't play well, is my, was my point, and still had a chance to win the game. Probably yeah. should have won this game. And the second half is two, two weeks in a row where – Offense stalled a little bit, you know, gave some life to the other team. Tennessee averaged 31 points a game last year. They're loaded, and they got Julio Jones this year. So, you know, we knew going into this game we were going to have to score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. We, we came up one point short, you know, in regulation. But let's not, let's not you know, act like we're surprised because, mm-hmm. you, you know, you talk about the second half, uh, you know, kind of follows by our offense. But we've talked about going into the season about – how we were going to have those speed bumps and there were going to be some roadblocks because there is a new offensive coordinator and it is a new system. And so there are going to be times where it looks unstoppable, but there are certainly going to be times where, hey, we're still figuring things out uh, in a game situation. And so a lot to learn from that perspective, uh, alluding to what what Tyler is saying. And and also, uh, uh, Paul, what you were saying about, you know, our, our team being youthful. I mean, think about this for a second. Fans haven't been to stands for a very long time. These second players are essentially rookies. And they, they don't know what it's like to be in this type of atmosphere. Yeah. Pete alluded to it, right? Just got overly excited or we were trying too hard, right? Well, these are guys that just <laughs> they don't know what Lumen Field is like, you know? And so it's natural. Uh, and so a lot to learn from this tape. Uh, 
I think I think this team is only going to improve from this loss. Everybody has their moments, right? Offense, defense. I can't really think of a special teams moment, but everyone had their moments. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do what Tyler Lockett said, and we're just gonna learn. We're all gonna <laughs> learn together. All right. Today's game is presented by Virginia Mason Franciscan Health. The Seahawks want you to make a play for your health by scheduling your annual wellness visit. Go to vmfh.org to find your Virginia Mason Franciscan Health physician today. All right, we're going to digest this thing. Lots more to talk about. We're going to have players going to the podium, going down to the locker room with Jen. Your Seattle Seahawks lose 30-33 to to the Tennessee Titans. This is the Seahawks Radio Network. The play fake. Russ, half roll to the right. Looks, he's going to throw back. Downfield. Tyler Lockett waits. He adjusts. He makes the catch inside the 20-yard line. Absolutely perfect. The rainbow shot continues from Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett, a 51-yard game. That was something to get excited about. Tyler Lockett, man, he's put together two really good games, 100 yards in the first game, 170-plus in the second game, a touchdown. Um, Number 16 is leading the way. He's showing these young men how to perform on the field and how to respond after a loss off the field. Uh, Penalties, man, as... As a coach, I feel like we've all coached Turbo. You just stopped playing. Uh, all right, well, let me cut myself off right there, and let's go to the podium and listen to Jamal Adams. Yeah, obviously just a lot. Uh, frustrated that we, you know, uh, didn't come out on top. Uh, we beat ourselves. Um, hats off to Tennessee, great football team, but uh, we put ourselves in a hole and just couldn't get out. What was the Derrick Henry really got going in the second half? Did right. they do anything different there? Or just emphasize it? Or? Nah, he just kept running the ball, man. I mean, obviously he's he's a top back for a reason, you know. Um, if not one of the best backs, if not the best back in the league, um, bigger back. Obviously, you know, we just gotta. Um, everybody has to do their job. Has to stay in our gaps as firm um, as possible. And um, if we give him a little bit of of a crease, he's going to hit it um, because he's that good. Um, and, you know, he got rolling. Um, and when he gets rolling, he's dangerous. What happened on, on the long touchdown run? He scored. What did you see on that play, though? Um, well, I was I was behind him, so um, we obviously didn't get him down. Uh, and he scored. You think the run defense stuff was, like, gap stuff? Like- yeah, it's about, you know, just playing our gaps. But like I said, you know, we just got to stay in our gaps. Um, if we give a little bit of a crease for a guy like Derrick Henry, he's going to hit it. So. There's got a lot of uh, penalties, man, yeah. including the one that happened uh, to you. Describe right. what happened and uh, did you think that merited a flag? Describe uh, what happened. Describe what happened and, what, and whether you thought that merited a flag. You talking about my penalty or just everybody well, overall? Yours first. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm not really a, a go back and forth with the refs and, and whatnot. I think it was, you know, obviously this is an offensive league. Um, they're going to protect the quarterback. Bang, bang situation. I don't agree with it, but at the end of the day, they called it. Can't happen. Um, I have to be smarter in that situation, uh, but I don't really agree. Um, you mentioned overall that you guys maybe were overamped from the standpoint of being uh, the first game back and there were unnecessary penalties because you guys carried it too far. 
I mean, I, I can't answer that. Um, we just can't make, we can't have those penalties. You know what I mean? Um, it's not about coming out here and being, oh, you know, at the end of the day, we have a job to do. Um, and we have to, you know, have control chaos is what I call it. Um, and, you know, it's an even kill mindset. Uh, we can't have those penalties in crucial situations. Um, some are tick attack. It's just like DJ Reed and, you know, on the uh, taunting penalty. Come on, man. You know, you're taking the emotions and the passion out of the game of football. So at the end of the day, that's the rule. We have to play smarter. Um, but, yeah, we definitely shot ourselves in the foot with a lot of uh, our penalties that led to points and extended drives. What's the key to maintaining that even temper in the second half when you're up and the fans are going crazy for the first time for you mm -hmm. since, since you've been here? What's the key to, to keeping that even keel? I think it's just going back to the basics um, and, and focusing on your job. Everybody doing their assignment, um, being 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 disciplined, um, staying gap gap sound, um, because we all play a part, um, all eleven of us. Um, so it's not you know an upfront thing. It's not a second level thing or a third level thing. It's a team thing. Um, and as a defense, we we're playing phenomenal at the at the beginning. You know what I mean? And uh, we just didn't finish. We didn't finish, and it, and it and it hurts. It does hurt, uh, but that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna keep our head up. We got a long season. Uh, we understand, you know, who we are as a defense. Uh, we understand, you know, the sky's the limit for this defense, and we're gonna keep on marching. Do you feel like there was a change in mentality from when you came out to start the game to when you came out to start the second half as a defense? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that uh, those guys on the other side of the field just got rolling. Um, and like I said, you know. Derrick Henry's <laughs> Derrick Henry for a reason. I've been going against him for a long time since LSU days, and uh, he's a bigger back, you know. So w when, when he gets rolling and he starts falling forward, that's when we're in trouble. Um, as a defense, anybody's in trouble, should I say. Um, uh, so hats off to them, Tannehill. They did a phenomenal job of controlling the clock and uh, capitalizing when they needed to. Tyler Lockett just called this a learning experience. What, what lessons do you want to see the defense take out of this game? Just doing our job, just staying disciplined um, for four quarters. Um, you know, anybody can swing in the first half, but we got to swing it in, in the second half as well. And we gave ourselves chances. Uh, we just didn't come out on top. It was a tough ball game. You know what I mean? It was, it, you know, it wasn't like we just didn't, you know, go out there and compete or didn't, you know, go out there and make plays towards the end. Um, we gave ourselves a chance, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't roll our way. Starting offensive lineman for a big chunk of this game, but it felt like a lot of the extra pressure when you guys were bringing blitzes. You weren't having a lot of success, you know, to get home. Was there anything that they were doing in particular that was making it difficult for you guys to get that extra pressure to Tannehill? No, no, no. They wasn't doing anything difficult. They was uh, just executing, and we weren't. Jamal, you've talked for a long time about wanting to play in front of the 12s. Mm -hmm. This was the first time in a real game. Mm -hmm. What was that like? And do you think actually Tennessee did a good job of handling the noise? It was phenomenal, you know, just to, to, to get out there and experience the 12s. Um, you know, the last time I've kind of experienced something like that was my LSU days back, back in Baton Rouge. Um, I'm not going to say who was louder, but it was, it was, it was both. Uh, they both were, were going, you know what I mean? And um, the 12s is phenomenal when you can get behind fans like that. Uh, that have your back, and uh, as a defense, we feed off of that, and just as well as they feed off of us. 
you know, uh, Tannehill and, and the Titans did a phenomenal job of controlling it. Uh, you know, you notice that they started going tempo. Uh, when they were going tempo, um, obviously they knew what we could throw at them on third down. Um, and, you know, they were just keeping us on our toes, uh, doing a phenomenal job at that. But at the end of the day, the, the, the tempo didn't affect us. Um, it just, you know, we got we to gotta continue to do our job um, at all times and can't get, you know, distracted by what's going on um, or what, are they, what, what they're trying to, you know, disguise in a way. Um, so at the end of the day, uh, we didn't execute, and they did. How does it get to the point where you guys just aren't doing the basics? Say it again. How, did, how does it get to that point? I mean, like you said, you're playing well, mm-hmm. basics being doing your job, so it seems pretty like basic stuff. How does that get lost in a game like that? You know, sometimes shit just happens, man. You know what I mean? Sometimes it just happens that way. Uh, you know, that's like I said, that's a phenomenal group. I mean, you talk about their offense, you know, on paper, Julio. Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Tannehill. I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on of a great, phenomenal uh, players on that side. So, you know, let's not act like we ain't play a good offense. Uh, they executed, we didn't. With the taunting stuff and the new emphasis on that, do you feel like the NFL has made it clear where exactly the line is and what you can't do? Well, you can't look at the offensive player while he's on the ground you can't talk to him you can't can't show emotion Um, again this is an offensive game and uh, that rule is I'm not a fan of it did uh, did Bobby address the defense after the game? no 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 no, no. we okay man we're going to be alright this isn't the end of the world Uh, you know it's one game uh, we, we obviously 24-hour rule. We got to learn from it. Yeah, it hurts, uh, especially losing at home in front of the fans. Uh, man, they brought the juice and the energy today. <sighs> obviously, it, ro- it didn't roll our way, but that's okay, man. We got another another uh, opportunity at hand, um, and we're looking forward to that challenge. How are they using you differently? Just like you're not blitzing as much. The numbers say that. Yeah, um, you know. Uh, I wouldn't say they're using me differently. Uh, I guess I'm just not getting the, the opportunities uh, as much la- like last year uh, as far as blitzing. Uh, but, you know, man, I listen, you know, when my, num- my number's called, I'm going to do my job. I'm just I'm out there to do my job to the best of my ability. Um, and like I said, when, when, when my number's called, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Anything else? Thanks, Jamal. All right, that was Jamal Adams had eight tackles there against the Tennessee Titans. And what his message was, you have to execute and do your job. And he said a phrase, Paul Moore, that I think that people at home, they may not understand exactly what's going on. But before we get into that, let's go back. Bobby Wagner stepped up to the podium. Bobby, we're not in there to take the temperature of the locker room. What's the vibe in there after a loss like this? Um... You're definitely disappointed, you know what I mean, um, to have a lead and, and give it up and, you know, be in a position to make some plays. Um, it's definitely not a great feeling, um, but it's something that we can learn from this early in the season, and so we have to watch this film and get better. What are the learning points from this? You said something to learn from. What do you, what do you guys take from this? Uh, just, you know, making sure we're all accountable, make sure we're doing our job. 
um, and just execute and then just not hurting ourselves. You know, we had some some untimely penalties, um, you know, in this game. So we got to clean up that. That's that's all on us. That's nothing that they're doing. That's us hurting ourselves. Bobby, you guys did such a good job on Derrick Henry in the first half. See, just the type of back where once he gets his momentum going, in the second half, it's hard to stop. Yeah, you know, once, um, you know, once he gets going and once the, you know, offensive coordinator gets a good feel on, on um, you know, just giving the rock, um, you know, he's a very talented, very special player. And so, um, you know, he showed that today. Bobby, how frustrating is it knowing, like, the, the five drives in the second half, four of them went 60-plus yards, three scoring drives, with the, the standing you kind of holding yourselves to that they can turn that way on you as fast as it did? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really frustrating. Um, you know, definitely the standard that we have, you know, in expect of ourselves. Um, you know, again, I think a couple of those drives we hurt ourselves. And so we just got to get out of our own way and um, find a way to get off the field. What do you think is the key to getting out of your own way and moving forward? How do you start addressing something that's sort of intangible like that? Uh, we just got to be smarter. Um, we got to look at the film. We got to understand um, what they did against us in the second half that teams are, you know, going to start mimicking. And, um, you know, you just have to play better, execute better. And definitely in like big moments and big times where we really need to stop or we really need to to be on our jobs, we need to make sure that we're focused and um, locked in. Bobby, what uh, on Derrick Henry's big 60-yard touchdown run? What broke down? Um, I think everybody just got really aggressive, hit our gaps, and then he bounced it outside. And um, you know we left a lot of space for him in the corner, which you know you don't want to give. Anybody by themselves with that much space is, is a hard for you know hard to tackle him. So um, we just got to make sure that we don't um, you know leave a corner out there to draw. Bobby, twenty tackles is the franchise record. Is that an accomplishment you can appreciate, or given the results, it kind of? Uh, I mean, it's cool, but you know we lost, so it don't it don't really matter. Anything else, guys? Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Have a good all right, that was Bobby Wagner. Did have 20 tackles, franchise record, but like he said, that doesn't mean anything because they lost to the Tennessee Titans today. All right, sign your child up today for the Seahawks Junior 12 Kids Club. The free youth fan club is open to all kids under the age of 12. Kids will have access to activities, virtual content, and so much more. Join the team online at Seahawks.com slash Junior 12s. Okay, when we return, we'll go back to the podium and see what Russell Wilson has to say. Your Seahawks losing overtime to the Tennessee Titans 33-30. to We'll be back soon. All right, welcome back to the postgame show. Let's talk to Russell Wilson, who is standing at the podium now. Great things, though. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey. You know, it's not, you know, get to the championship overnight. Uh, it, takes a, it takes a lot. Um, but we, we, we could have handled that game. We could have played better. Um, and that, that's really it. Did they do anything differently in the second half at all, or seemed like it was a little bit harder for the offense to get going? Not really. I mean, they really had the ball once in the third quarter, I think. It was once in the, once in the third quarter, right? Yeah, so we had the ball once in the third quarter. They had the ball for quite a bit. Uh, I think they were trying to play, play the game slow um, in a way. And... Um, we got the ball once in the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter we hit Freddie, 
and then uh, and then they they answered back, and then and that was that was kind of the end of the fourth quarter in a way. Next thing you know, we were in overtime, you know, and you know we we had some unfortunate penalties, had some things that were some good plays, and this this and that on both sides of the ball, and um, and it just didn't work work out our way on, on those and. Um, that's just part of the game. We still got to stay poised. We still got to answer. We still got to find a way to win. Uh, we should have had a great opportunity to win this game, and, and um, you know it, it's unfortunate, but you know uh, we're, we're we're staying focused on what we can do. Russ, you guys had a great drive at the end of the half, 75 yards in less than a minute. Yep. But then very little after halftime. Did you guys take it easy, take it, uh, lose your edge because it came so easily in the first half? No, not at all. I, I think that you know they're a good football team. I mean, the reality is, like I said, they they had the ball. In the third quarter, for most of the most of the whole quarter, I mean, we had the ball one time. Um, and in the fourth quarter, we scored, so we didn't lose our edge there. Um, you know, we, we, sco- we scored a good amount of points. It's just um, they, they made some plays when they needed to, and um, so I, I don't think we lost our edge by any means. I think that just across the board, we could have played a little tighter, a little better. Um, you know, and like I said, it's unfortunate. What did they do to take away your tight ends today? Um, they, I mean, they didn't necessarily do anything in particular. I think that you know Tyler had such a beautiful game. I mean, he was. Remarkable. I mean, think about what he did today. Freddie Freddie Swain had a great game. That was huge to see him play. DK made some plays, you know. And so, I think the, the, those guys just, you know, we, we didn't have the ball that long. But when when we did make plays, those were those are the guys who were making them. So, um, nothing in particular. I think that we can always get those guys the ball. There was a couple, couple opportunities here and there, but other guys that maybe showed up, you know, you know, down the field. You know, we took those guys. So, uh, I know. And then the two minute drive where we went up and down the field, um, Gerald was open on a couple of them, but we hit the guy down the left sideline a couple of times. You know, so. It, you know, it's uh, it's a good thing to have guys who can get open and make plays. Bruce, what happened on the possession in overtime? Kind of fell apart. Yeah, they stopped it. We almost had Tyler on the sideline. Um, you know, on, on the on the first play, and the second one, um, you know, uh, tried to throw it away because it looked like um, something was going on over there. I'm not sure exactly. And then the the third play, they just they covered it well. You know, tried to move move and make a play. You know, um, and then uh, that was it. You know, I think that. Um, you know, uh, you don't second guess them. You, you, you feel like we, we're, we're always great in those situations, and more times than not, we're always going to be great in those. We're going to win those. We're going to make those plays we always have, and so uh, it doesn't happen every time. Um, and even when we did have to punt the ball, we still felt like we could win the game, um, and uh, they, they made their plays. You're somebody who thrives in that neutral mentality, and I know try not to get too high, too low during the game. But afterwards. Jamal and Bobby were talking about just the emotions of having the 12 back in the stands and their first home game. Did you feel like there was an element of added emotion on the sidelines that could have led to that, like, undisciplined shooting yourselves in the foot that you guys are talking about? Um, that's a great question. I mean, I, I I I felt super poised. I felt like we were poised for the most part throughout the game. I, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a football game. It's going to bring bring emotions and stuff like that. But you got to eliminate them. You know, got to be able to eliminate them throughout the process, but still play with great passion. Doesn't mean that you, you you know you can't play with great passion. You know, I think there's a difference between passion and, and emotion. Um, you know, and so I think the thing is is that um, you know I think that you know for us I think that as we're continuing to play you know is to find find that poise throughout throughout the whole game it's a long game it's a long battle it's good team over here good team over here you know it's it's back and forth back and forth back and forth I mean um, you know they made some huge plays you know uh, Henry had that nice run after we score you know so you know it's it's high and then some then some tough moments there. But I think that's why neutral thinking is so important. I mean, just for me in particular, you know, playing this game for so long, it's, 
you know, I, I know there's going to be ebbs and flows of the game, you know. And so I think as we, um, as we, as we all talk about it, you know, how, what can we do better as, as in groups and stuff like that or whatever, I think we did a good job. I think, you know, listen, I mean, we scored, I don't know, 30 points or whatever. It, you know, it was a chance to win that game, you know, and, and uh, they, they made some plays. You know, that's really what it comes down to, a good football team against us. And uh, we're, we're a good one, too. Um, we knew it was going to be a battle. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough fight. We had a feeling that it was going to be a long, drawn-out game that we may not even get the ball all the time just because, you know, how they play football, and, and they're going to hand it off quite a bit. <laughs> I'm not sure how many runs he had there, but, you know, they and give it to him quite a bit. And so, you know, when we, when we capitalized, we capitalized in, in a good way. Um, but Chris Carson, you know, had those two nice runs down near the, near the goal line, which was great by offensive line, powering that in there. Um, like I said, Tyler had a spectacular game. Um, Freddie, you know, there's a lot of good things, um, but not good enough. Apologies if this feels too crying, but how personally difficult was this week? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think that throughout the week it's been challenging just in, in a way thinking about Trevor just because he's such a good friend, you know, and one of my best friends in the world. Um, to lose him is uh, devastating. But I also know uh, that he's up in heaven somewhere, smiling down with my dad, and heaven's a good place. And, uh, you know, and I just think about everything he's fought through, everything he's battled through. He didn't tell many people. He just kept going and uh, kept trying to lead and help people and serve. And uh, I love Trevor, you know, and he was with me all day today um, in a good way. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I really truly felt like, you know, all his thoughts and everything else was with us, with me today. So I'm grateful for that and grateful for the time we spent together. And, you know, long days, man, we, we spent a lot of time together. We spent a lot of hard moments, a lot of great ones, too, a lot of great ones. Um, and so, you know, I wrote I wrote him on my cleats today and, and did some uh, just some of his quotes that really kind of stuck with me always. Um, just, uh, you know, and so he'll, he'll forever be with me. But, you know, today um, just tried to, uh, you know, once again, stay neutral as possible, knowing that, you know, it was going to be a tough one in, in that sense. But also knowing that I've gone through some stuff in my lifetime and you lose people and you, people come and go. But, uh, you know, what I what I'm grateful for is that he got to know God. He got to know, you know, uh, just what that's like and just, you know, seeing him in heaven is going to be a good day one day. Um, so uh, he means a lot to me. The, the work that you guys did together, does that prepare you in any way to deal with something like, you know, play through something like this? Yeah, I think so, you know, for sure, and without a doubt. I mean, think all the things that we've talked about, and I think that, first of all, my faith is number one. I think number two is just been through some things. Obviously, losing my dad was the heaviest thing I've ever dealt with, um, you know, and uh, in in the highest of the high, I got drafted the day before, the next day, my dad passed away. So you have the highest of the high to the lowest of the low within 24 hours, just like that. Um, that was challenging. Um, I think about, you know, how my mom would always um, be at the hospital. And that's pressure. You know, that's 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 challenging. That's that's not easy. You know, I think about all the things that just you go through throughout life that we all go through, you know, and we all go through different circumstances in different ways. And, um what I think is so important is, you know, surrender and surrounding around the right people. And that's the thing that's always kept me, um, you know, in, in, uh, you know, blessed and knowing that, hey, you know what, there's going to be a better day ahead. And that's what Trevor always said. He used to always say the best day is ahead, you know, the best days are ahead. So I, I, I really, I really believe that. Um, and so in life, I think that we're going to go through all these circumstances and everything else, but we all have challenges and, 
and everything else, but I do believe that our mindset's everything, how we think about things, how we, how we talk about things, our language, you know. Trevor, you know, language is such a big part of it, you know, how, how, what we say, what we don't say. Uh, that's, that's part of the battle all the time, you know. It's like what we don't say sometimes, you know, and how do we, how do we speak to one another and how do we care for one another, how we lift, uplift one another. And, um, you know, even, even in, as you're going through life things, but even as a team, you know, as leaders, like, what do we say? How do we say things like that? And so that's why I've, been, I've spent so much of my time and energy around that because that's something that I know I can control. You know, it's something that I know, I know I'm going to go through obstacles. I know there's going to be adversity, but if I can control my mind, you know, that, that's the part that I, I really believe is really key. And so that's why I control my language and making sure that, hey, I'm on the same page and the people that I'm around and all that. So I think that's really critical. And uh, that's why I invested so much time and energy and almost mind, all that stuff. You know, it's, it, it means something to me. Anything else? Thank you, guys. Go Hawks. Thank, thanks for all the fans who came to. Uh, just obviously to see you guys again. Obviously, we didn't uh, weren't able to finish it the way we wanted to, but uh, through everything that we've gone through with COVID and and everything else, and uh, and what everybody's going through, um, it was really special today just to be around the twelves again. So uh, we'll be better. We'll be back, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. We'll see you guys in uh, Minnesota, right? Minnesota. We'll see you guys. All right, go Hawks. All right, that was Russell Wilson. Tough week for him personally. Tough day for the Seahawks on the field today, but he played all right, 21-23, 343 yards, two touchdowns. Our quarterback review was brought to you by Verizon. With 5G built the right right for Seattle Seahawks, can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. All right, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network station a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks Station, Cairo, Cairo Radio, a conversation, breaking news direct from the sidelines, and where the 12s hear the Seahawks, KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. All right, a lot more for us to do. We're going to get some interviews from Jen Miller. You guys stay put. Coming up next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Here comes the rush. Russ has time. Let's it fight. Got a man open. Making the catch. Down the sideline is swing. Vrabel is asking the same question on the far side as the defensive backs look at each other and Freddie Swain just ran right past all of them for 68 yards. He takes it in for six, his first touchdown of the season. That was number 18, Freddie Swain. Had a good day. Five catches, 94 yards, 95 yards, one touch and a long of 68. He is in the locker room standing by with Jen Mueller. Freddie, that was a really impressive touchdown. Third down play. How'd you get downfield and get so wide open? Um, they bit down on T, corner played out. I just mailboxed it and took it down the middle, and, and Russ did a good job of having eyes up and, and, and hit me down the middle. How big did your eyes get when you realized you were wide open and it was coming to you because he saw you? I knew it was coming um, when he seen me. I was like, dang. Uh, those would be the hardest catches when you're so wide open. But luckily, I caught it and got in the end zone. What changed in the offense in the second half, or maybe what adjustments did Tennessee make? Um, I, think, I think it was just us shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, we had 100 yards of penalties. Um, we just got to play a cleaner game. We play a cleaner game, it's a different outcome. Tyler Lockett does it again. A huge day, another great touchdown. Have you stopped being surprised by anything he does? Yeah, um, I've, I've been stopped being surprised. Tyler's just a, a phenomenal guy, a phenomenal athlete, and he just makes plays all the time. The 
Two-minute drill that got executed at the end of the first half. What made that happen? I think it's just we always, Coach Pete uh, does a good job of, of making us do two-minute all the time in practice. And when we just got in the game, we just executed and we took what was there um, and went and made plays. I'm going to ask you one question about the defense. Bobby Wagner, 20 tackles today. Yeah. The effort of Bobby and the defense. Mm -hmm. They get after the ball. They punch the ball. They, they tag off. They just, it, it, I'm kind of not surprised when guys make plays because you see it in practice over and over and over again. And when it gets to the game, it's just they make plays. Lastly, I know it's not the outcome you want, but it is your first time playing in front of the 12s. Correct. What was the electricity like? Uh, just like Florida, you know, they, they they played. They were there from the from the warm-ups to overtime, you know, and they uh, there was no no quit, no fight in them, and they just kept uh, giving guys motivation. The Seahawks kept fighting too, but they fall in this one. Now they are 65 and three when leading by four or more at halftime. Bump. Thank you, Jen. That was Freddie Swain. Had a good day. Five catches, 95 yards, a long of 68. Um, we're going to depend on that guy to make some plays. Now, Jen is standing by with Kerry Hyder. One tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. You guys were able to get to Tannehill three times today. Alton Robinson sets up a forced fumble. You recover it. What made that play happen? Oh, Alton, man. Alton made a play, man. I just happened to be around the ball, and I made a play on it. But, uh, man, props to the young boy. He made a good play today. How about Bobby Wagner? He was wide open, got that blitz, got the sack, and 20 tackles today. Oh, hey, man, gold jacket, man. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to play with somebody like Bobby, man. He's uh, he's our leader, man, and he's making a million plays. And um, it just feels good being out there with somebody like that. Look, you're playing on the inside. You got Derrick Henry there. What kind of a load is he to try to bring down? Uh, it's an every down thing, you know. You got to be disciplined. You got to keep playing hard. And um, I just think as a defense, we played really well. We just couldn't. We just let some stuff squirt out towards the end of the game. Well, and it looked like he was bottled up in the first half. Did they change something about their scheme in the second half? No, like I said, we just got to be disciplined every play. You know, backs like that, that's what they wait on. They just keep keep punching it, keep punching it, and eventually they find a seam and they make a play. So somebody as great as Derek, you know, we got to stay focused throughout the game. But also, he had a couple of backside runs, like that touchdown coming out of halftime. What is the challenge when he decides to reverse field like that? Again, it's just discipline. You know, uh, we, we all have a job to do. We're on the field. And, uh, and I, I just think too many times today, we, we, we didn't make it happen. Lastly, not the outcome you want, but the 12s really brought it. What was your first experience with the 12s? Though? Man, they were electric. I was, man, at first third down, I couldn't even hear myself think. So, uh, man, I, I can't wait to get in front of them again and, you know, and make up for this one. All right, Kerry Hyder, part of the defense that got to Tannehill three times today. Bump, Thank we'll get that guys. back to you. Thank you, Jen. You know, these guys lost, but they still have a positive outlook. A lot of these guys played in front of the 12s for the very first time. All right, when we come back, we'll go back to the locker room where Jen Miller is standing by with Alton Robinson. Again, your Seattle Seahawks losing overtime to the Titans, 33-30. to Single setback with a tight slot to the right side. Play fake to Henry. He gets hit. Ball comes out. I'm not sure who got through, but Kerry Hyder recovered. I believe it was Alton Robinson who got through for the sack, the forced fumble, and the Seahawks defense. Wow, if they hit their stride. And the offense now looks at a short field of six yards to try to punch this one in. 
Huge play by Alden Robinson. Strips, sack, Kerry Hyder recovers. Later on, Chris Carson punches it in. Let's go down to the locker room where Jim Miller's standing by with Alton Robinson. You're one of three guys to get to Ryan Tannehill today. Take me through that play and what made it happen. Uh, just playing the tendencies. It was a, there was an indicator that it was going to be passed there, so I kind of aborted mission and went ahead and rushed the passer. How gratifying was it to see the offense get points off of that one, just to know that you gave him the short field? It's cool, man. That's why we do it, right? You know, we go out there to get the ball back for the offense, so it's cool to have it happen that way. Felt like momentum shifted in the game in the second half. What was the effect of being on the field so long and, and trying to bring down Derrick Henry? I just think execution, you know what I mean? That's a big part of it. That's all I'm going to say. Does his speed ever catch people off guard? I'm thinking of that 60-yard touchdown run. He's so big, it doesn't look like he should be that fast. Yeah, man, he's a big dude that can move. You think he's supposed to be a D lineman. Overall, what did Ken Norton say after this one? What was the message to the defense? Uh, we're just back to the drawing board, you know. Uh, bad taste in our mouth, and we don't want it in our mouth anymore. So we're going to go back to work on next week and get ready to go. Lastly, it was a monster game for Bobby Wagner. 20 tackles, that is a franchise record. What can you say about Bobby and what you've learned from him? All I'm going to say is this. It doesn't surprise me at all that he had a career day today. Uh, Bobby's a monster. You know what I mean? Not just a monster day, it was a Bobby day. You know what I mean? So, that's it. All right, Alton, thank you for your time. Appreciate hey, it, Bump, this is an interesting one. He helps get that turnover. The Seahawks are so good when they win the turnover battle and then win the game, but that does not go their way today. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, you are correct. You win the turnover battle, especially with the Seattle Seahawks. You typically win the ball game. You hear these guys talk about how long this defense was on the field. Possession was 44 minutes to 22 minutes when it comes to controlling the, the game. And that wears the defense out. You combine that with a big running back. I don't know his measurements for sure. I'm going to go out there and say he's at least 6'3", 245 pounds. Uh, it's a recipe for disaster there, Turbo. Yeah, man, and, and I mean, listen, a lot of attention is being uh, put on this defense. What happened in the second half? Did the Titans do something different offensively? And and really, you know, I, I think it just comes down to the offense not imposing their will. Derrick Henry in the first half carried – he had 35 total carries. In the first half, he only had 13. So he carried the ball, what, 22 times in the second half. What does that tell you? In the second half – Although they were down big, what did they do? They stayed committed to their run game. They stayed committed to their guy. I don't know if defensively we expected them to all of a sudden, you know, throw the ball all over the place through the air to try to get back into the game. Uh, fact of the matter is they didn't. You allow a guy to have 35 carries eventually, especially if he's the best running back in the league, which I think he is eventually he's going to get going. Yeah, I mean, if it also, too, like, you know, th that keeps being a question, what happened in the second half. If you look at Derrick Henry all of last year, that's just his M.O. That's what he does. Like, you, it just, you, you, he, two or three yards a carry in the first half, and in the second half, it's five or six yards per carry, and then he finished the game with eight yards per carry. That's just kind of what he does, and, like, Turbin, Turbo just hit it right, right on the head, is that they – challenge you to stay committed to how you're playing defense longer than they're going to stay committed to how they're going to run the football. And they just won that battle. They stay committed to it. Like uh, Jamal said, I, I was standing 
uh, I think I'm have been in the box with uh, Steve Rabel and, and Dave Wyman, but I was like, man, this dude is starting to fall forward for like four or five yards mm-hmm. in the second half. That's when it is a problem because uh, because then those four or five yards falling forward, if he gets free, mm-hmm. it's going to be 10 or 12 yards. Like Chris Warren wasn't as big or as, you know, didn't have the numbers that – that uh, Derrick Henry has, but he was the same type of back when I played here in Seattle. He was a big dude, a fast dude. In the first half, two or three yards per carry. The second half, four or five yards per carry. Five yards become a 10-yard run. 10-yard become a 20-yard run. So that's just kind of what they do, and they stay committed to it. Yeah. Go ahead. My bad, Mike. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, I said even before the game, you know, listen, the third downs is going to be crucial. We were 5 or 14. You got to keep Tennessee's offense off of the field because if not, you really chance them – sustaining drives with that run game. I, I don't think the defense really did anything wrong in the second half. I just think by the second half they were worn down, Paul. Yeah, I mean, the 35 for 182, and I know you can't take this away, the 60-yarder. We played it poorly, and there's a couple of people who are not 100% sure what happened on that. I mean, I can see that, that, that the person who had contain on that, I liked him squeeze at the tight end block down. As soon as you see that, you got to get on the, the hip pocket there. Otherwise, you're in space with Derrick Henry. Man, no thank you. You know, I mean, that's that's what they're living for. You take that 60 away, and I, I know you can't, but I'm going to anyways. <laughs> you're holding the 3.2 yards per carry. I mean, one run moves them up to 5.2, but that's the guy. You just keep feeding them and feeding them. So what are they coming up on third down? Coming up third and two coming up third and one they're coming up third and two those are tough ones to stop i mean they got a quarterback sneak how do you stop derrick henry right i mean he falls forward for two yards so look it's it's a great learning film you know i'm i'm, I'm pulling some things here you know hopefully before the show's up you know statistically it's a great learning experience it's a, you do got to put teams away this league's not easy you know everybody goes oh look that's why there's so many close games the seahawks i think have averaged four and a half points on their home openers since, you know, Pete's been here. Four and a half points. I mean, so it's always coming down to the last play of the game, you know, for the most part, the final two minutes. And they they made plays. You know, we didn't we, – we came back – come back to the very beginning. We didn't really make plays. They busted. They busted on a couple coverage yeah. uh, for us, right? Ty Lockett had the big one. He had Freddie Swain, the big one. But we didn't make a lot of plays. DK had some chances. I mean, 11 targets, came down with six for 53. That's not his game. Yeah. Um, you know, Russell missed on a couple throws. You know, we just defensively, we had some coverage. We couldn't quite get the ball down. I mean, that's the game, you know? And I know if people go, oh, they gave up over 500 yards. I can't believe they lost. They, well, they lost to a team that was 11-5 and five last year who had scored 31 points a game, who Brought in Julio Jones. Didn't even have him yeah. last year. That's a talented offense. Forget what they did last week against Arizona. So, learning film. I think this is a league of adjustments. Yeah. Seahawks yeah, are going to yeah. go adjust, and they have plenty of playmakers. We're going to be fine. And this game doesn't really come down to stats, man. I mean, you, no. can, you can't look at the numbers and be like, oh, this is why they lost. You know, I mean, listen, the Titans stuck with their game plan. They imposed the world. Both those touchdowns by Derrick Henry, by the way, the first one, Remember, he got the ball going to the right side. He cut back to the left. We lose contain. The second yeah. one was set up that way yeah. purposely. You know, it's it's a start right, wind back left, right? So it's making the defense think, hey, we're running outside zone to the right. Oh, we're coming back left. The guy on the left side, his job is to down block that edge guy who's supposed to have contain, and that, lit, that led to a big run uh, by Derrick Henry, which we were talking about earlier. But listen. Nine carries in the first half for Chris Carson, only four in the second. We got to impose our rule in the run game. 
We got to impose our rule in the one game, in the run game. Oh, uh, look at that. Look, Ray's all happy that you're here now. <laughs> well, I got a running back and an offensive tackle. Four carries, <laughs> man. Come on. <laughs> no, I look. There, there are some things you're right. We're we'll, we'll, they'll second guess, especially when we're up big like plan. that. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, the stuff we had. You know, when you look at, you know, we're three and out, three and out, three and out, three, four and out. I mean. When that happens, there's there's no flow. There's no, there's no rhythm. You know, you're just not keeping the chains moving, and then you start going, oh, we should have ran more. Well, it, we ran, we threw, and now it's third and eight. All right, okay, we had four drives in the fourth in the fourth quarter, three and out, three and out, three and out, four and out. So there's there's no – where are you running? I mean, I, and I hear what you're saying. Statistically, I, 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 we just look at it and yeah. go, oh, they should. Just, com- just, 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 just to there. show commitment to it. Make the defense respect the fact that regardless of the fact that you're doing a good job against our run game, we are going to run the ball. That's what Tennessee did. I mean, they're down oh, big yeah. in the second half. And yeah. what did they do? They still – oh, you, you stopped it. Good, congratulations. But guess what? We are going to continue to run the football. And we didn't do that. Yeah. And that's how we gave the game away, in my opinion. I have Even goosebumps. If- I, I feel like I feel like mini me, <laughs> mini me Ray Roberts is over there. You guys went out man. to dinner last night. <laughs> yeah, here's how we we're set this talk all about. up. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Hey, well, before we get out of here, I'm just gonna say, Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams both said they have to have gap integrity, and if you don't have gap integrity, there's gonna be holes, and Henry's gonna be able to do those big runs that we saw. Lots of things to talk about. We're gonna preview the minnesota vikings who lost to the cardinals today 34 to 33 that is coming up next your seahawks losing overtime to the tennessee titans 30 to 33 this is the seahawks radio network wide slot far side russ play fake being chased now he looks now he throws back it's tyler lockett waits makes the catch breaks the tackle 30 25 they're not going to touch him 10 5 touchdown tyler lockett touchdown seahawks a 63-yarder that Tyler Lockett stopped, started, broke a tackle, and then broke the tape at the finish line like he was winning the 100 in the Olympics. The building is rocking, and the Seahawks go on top 9-6. to That was a call of the game. Tyler Lockett, eight catches, 178 yards, one touchdown. Our call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call Beacon. Now we're going to look ahead a little bit. You got the Minnesota Vikings. The Hawks travel to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Vikings lost to the Cardinals today, 33-34. to Here is the threat that the Vikings pose, all right? Kirk Cousins, Moyer's favorite quarterback in the league, 22 of 32, 244 yards, three touchdowns today. Dalvin Cook, another good running back that this defense is going to have to try to contain, 22 carries, 131 yards, no touchdowns. Can't forget about the passing game. They have Justin Jefferson over there had one touchdown. Adam Thielen also had a touchdown. I mean, this is a team who typically looks good during the regular season. Kirk Cousins looks like he's going to win some games. He does win games in the regular season. For some reason, the playoffs happen, and he just folds. But you have to take every team seriously in the NFL. you got to take the Vikings seriously. Yeah, they always, they're always they always a scary team. They, they, by the way, they should have won today. They missed a 37-yard field goal. would have won the game at the end. We, we get one here. They, they make it. Um, 
they got a lot of players on on offense. You know, they even got rid of Diggs, and they're still got a lot of players. I do. I think Cooks is, is a phenomenal uh, running back who's tough. Uh, we'll see how he comes back from the injury he had. Defensively, I think we can get after him. You know, they've been kind of on the downward spot over the last year and a half. Um, I think it's going to be a very similar game as this. You know, we're going to stop the run, obviously. We're going to we got to put up 30 points. I think that's kind of the way this league is. And I think uh, Minnesota is on the road. It's not a morning game. I think it's a one one twenty five game here. Uh, but it's going to be another tough one, even though Minnesota's 0-2. Yeah, and I think the Seahawks are going to have to, you know, make people – they're going to have to prove that they can stop the run. Dalvin Cook is a different type of running back, but he's but he can uh, gain a lot of yards. I think it was – was it Minnesota that came in here last year and ran the ball uh, with the backup running back uh, really hard because Dalvin Cook went out early uh, in the game. And so uh, they, they're going to have to prove that they can get guys to the ground and, and, uh, and stop the running game because if you can't, then they have – some weapons, you know, on the outside that can take advantage of play action pass and big, big chunk plays. And the thing that will help that out, Ray, is is uh, our offense uh, sustaining drives uh, to help the defense stay off the field yep. uh, and, and be able to contain those running games. And so I think that's the key uh, for Seattle going to Minnesota next week is, hey, let's put together some some drives, sustain some some long drives, get our running game going, put some points up on the board. Vikings also have Justin Jefferson, one of the best route runners in the game. I I love watching that guy play. All right. Today's final score, Seahawks 30, Titans 33. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible, on-site engineer Zach Davies, studio coordinator Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, NASA Chobie. The Seahawks are back on the road next Sunday as they take on the Minnesota Vikings. Pre-game coverage begins 11 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thank you for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bubbis. Seahawks fall to the Titans, 33-30 to in overtime. Talk to you guys next week. Welcome to Hawk Talk. I'm your host, Michael Bumas, along with my guys, Robert Turbin, Ray Roberts, and Paul Moyer. Your Hawks losing overtime to the Tennessee Titans, 33-30. to This one hurts. And like we start off every Hawk Talk, we're joined by John Clayton. Now, John, last week you told me this team looks like a Super Bowl team. Yeah. Has that changed at all? Uh, it didn't look like one today. I mean, uh, too many problems. You know, you made – first off, I mean, the penalties were just brutal. I mean, self-inflicted wounds, you know, whether it was a false start, whether it was two taunting penalties, whether it was, you know, hitting the quarterback late, uh, you know, you know, DK Metcalf, you know, continued to, to jaw. I mean, these things got to be cleaned up because you can't go and expect. I know that Pete Carroll says, hey, if you can get away for nine or less penalties, you're in good shape. Well, these penalties were all huge, and it really put them in a bad spot. I mean, their inability to stop the run in the second half was not good. Certainly, uh, you can see that uh, they still have problems coveraging in the middle of the field you know that's that's a problem so no last week it looked like a Super Bowl team this week it didn't but still it's one of the better teams in the in the league and uh, they can bounce back yeah, I, I, I want to get an injury update because I think losing Monet today was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a 350-pound guy. I don't care what they have him on the thing. He might be bigger than that. But uh, I thought uh, Robert Kimdichie played well. Um, they moved him around a little bit. They had a lot of five-man line, you know, uh, mm-hmm. bare front, which, again, I think hurt a, a little bit. And, you know, so just uh, just an injury update, you know, what, what we think we're going to have back for next week. Well, you would have to think that uh... – they're going to have uh, Dwayne Estridge back because I can't imagine him missing two weeks with a concussion. Well, I, I doubt if Rashad Penny's going to be back. 
uh, you know, they've got to see where they are with Damian Lewis because Damian Lewis was alternating as the game went on with Jamarco Jones because of his groin injury, and they definitely need him because the one thing that's so good about having Gabe Jackson and Damian Lewis is that it makes it easier for the center. And I think you saw you know, when Damian wasn't in there that there was a little bit of a, pro- a problem. Then, of course, you have the uh, ankle injury to Brandon Shell, and we don't know how bad that is yet. So, uh, you know, they, they've got some concerns. And, of course, they go on the road to Minnesota, you know, a team that I think, as you said, uh, you know, they're declining on defense the last year and a half, but they still have some good things on offense. Hey, John, looking at uh, today's game and, you know, we're talking about the Super Bowl aspirations or, you know, uh, for the Seahawks. But mm-hmm. a lot of people coming to the game thought that, hey, this may be a tough game, but the Seahawks are going to win. But what is it that we were that we're missing about the Tennessee Titans? They have some weapons over there. Well, what they did is that they you can see that they responded with uh, Mike Frabel well after having a horrible game against the Arizona Cardinals. Because look how much better their defense was. You know they were good stopping the run. They pretty much contained Chris Carson. I think that you can see that uh, you know one one of their weaknesses now for two uh, for 17 games has been third down conversions. Like last year, they were the worst team in the league stopping third down conversions. You know they gave up 51.7 and this year they started out and they were the fifth worst team on third down conversions well i mean they held uh, seattle to under 50 percent on third down and that was critical because that kept you know kept some drives out it uh, put some three and outs out there it certainly hurt the field position of the team so uh you know they they played much better on defense even though i mean i say that and you know they gave they're sitting there you know giving up the three touchdowns and they're down by two two touchdowns and uh you know that was bad you know and that's i mean and say what you want about the titans defense you know they still gave up 30 points that should have been 31 had jason myers made that extra point which would not have allowed the game to go to overtime. Yeah, you know, a lot of attention on the Seahawks' defense and obviously the penalties that happened in this football game. Uh, but what, what what can you say about the lackluster performance from the offensive side of the ball uh, in the second half? I, I think a lot of it had to do with the injuries on the offense. Not the injuries total, but just, you know, the, the offensive line play. I think that had to be a little bit of a problem. You know, I think maybe they, as, as good as uh, Shane Waldron's calling the plays, I mean, he didn't get the tight ends involved. I mean, yeah, they were involved and out there in two tight end sets, but I think it, he had to wait till the fourth quarter before the first pass, you know, went to Gerald Everett. And he's too good of a talent the same as Will Disley, not to get the ball to. So I think they kind of got out of sync at who they were throwing to, you know, maybe through a, a few too many screens and all those different things. You know, but still, I mean, they were able to get, you know, what turns out to be 30 points, which should have been 31, and that's pretty good. It's just that the uh, second half they got out of sync. John, we've been sitting here and talking about this game, trying to digest it in. Said this is good learning film, right, good teaching film. But I think that – there are coaches who can learn from this film as well. What do you think Shane Waldron and the rest of the game will take back from this? I, I just think to uh, you know make sure that you get more more players involved because it, it turned into pretty much a Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf type of game. And I don't know, uh, the, the coverage on DK Metcalf is so different than it's ever been because pretty much all he gets is kind of short passes in the middle of the field. Tyler Lockett, in the meantime, is just incredible for his ability to break free, get downfield, make big catches and Freddie Swain did a great job in his 68 yard touchdown pass but I think that uh, you know they need to kind of you know get the tight ends more involved particularly knowing how much two tight end offense they use a lot to take away from this game John 
um, you know, some of the players talked about what they could learn uh, from this game. And obviously, you know, Bump just asked you about the coach's perspective. But what about the players' perspective? The leaders uh, of this football team, uh, uh, what can they take away from this game moving forward so a game like this doesn't happen uh, again? See, it, it's funny because, I mean, this is a game where they could have used a K.J. Wright. And I say that in a couple mm. of ways because, you know, K.J. Wright, you know, adds such great leadership to the team. But also, when you're trying to stop a Derrick Henry, that's – He's good at that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and, and one thing is we, we all agree that they're faster, you know, with Cody Barton and also Jordan Brooks, but they're not as big, you know, because K.J. Wright has some pretty good size, and that may have played a factor particularly. Not, not the first half they did great. They held him at 35 yards, but in the second half, you know, he ends up uh, totaling out more than 200 yards receiving and running, and that's just way too much. So, uh, you know, that, that didn't look good. But, uh, you know, I think – the big thing they can learn is like, hey, don't be your own worst enemy. You know, try to make sure that you don't make these penalties. Like DK Metcalf, I mean, stop arguing with all your uh, defensive players that you go against. Stop. And of course, you know, the taunting stuff, you know, I know, you know, DJ Reed and Bobby Wagner, I mean, they're not taunters or anything, but if you say anything anymore to any player with that stupid rule change with the taunting, you're, you're going to get a flag. And so it's like, that's got to stop. And so it's like, you know, I think they they should be able to learn from that. And also think about this. You go back to last year in the second week of the season when they played the New England Patriots and Cam Newton came here and, you know, it was similar type of game. You know, he's at the one yard line uh, last play and he ran to the outside as opposed to run to the middle and he gets stopped and, you know, the Seahawks win the game. Well, in this case, they ran in the middle and won the game. And so, you know, I think there was a learning from that game because then they came back and you know had a good winning streak after that. So there's a lot of things I think they can learn in this game. Yeah, that time I'm going to go on the taunt team rule. It's such a dumb rule, and it's yeah. you know certainly being tweeted out a ton. And I don't even the NFL has made great strides, you know, having a more fun league. And I get taunt team. You know, it's it's kind of like the target thing, is that not every play's a target. You know, sometimes just football. You get emotional, like the one Reed did. It's just emotion. Mm-hmm. They have to get rid of this rule. And would you think they any chance we get rid of this rule in four years? And they've done it before. You know, at the end of the season, but again, it's like uh, once they put a rule in, and particularly one that they're emphasizing, then they don't change on it. And again, each year, in my opinion, they put some stupid rule in, you know, like the, the, the pass interference a couple of years ago that was quite the disaster. I mean, they cleaned that up, and this taunting rule is just overdone. And, uh, you know, I think it causes more problems than good because it's not like, you know, DJ Reed or Bobby Wagner are going to get in a fight with anybody. I mean, they're just talking, and it's like, uh, now you know you can't talk it's like what yeah i don't know what do they need to do put a mask in front of their face as the game goes on and put tape on it so nobody can hear what they're saying <laughs> i mean it's like to me it's ridiculous i feel you john man i wasn't a taunter i was a, i just got i just went right to the fight Let's yeah, just fight yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna take my fine and i'm going home and then my wife will be mad at me mm-hmm. uh but uh hey john like you know we're reacting to the game if you look at social media there's a lot of overreaction oh absolutely like, where where do you sit in the react or the overreaction i mean you react i mean it's not but i'm you know, i'm not gonna yeah, i don't think you need to overreact because you know say what you want were it not for the missed extra point by jason myers they win the game 
And again, maybe it was too close. Maybe the fact that they had to lose a two touchdown lead in the second half is not good. But uh, you know, this is one that they should have won, and they did put enough points on the board to be able to win. They need to tighten up some things on defense. But now they have to go to Minnesota and uh, try to see if they can you know turn things back around, which I would imagine they would. John, reality is the Hawks were not going to go undefeated this year. I don't yeah. think anyone's going to go undefeated this year. Uh, so let's get around the league. Is there any game or any team that impressed you today? Uh, I think you have to be impressed by the Raiders going to Pittsburgh and getting a win there. And Derek Carr right now throwing for like 480-some yards in the first two games. I think that was really impressive. I mean, because, again, I mean, you know, this is a John Gruden team that's gone three straight years without winning. So I thought, you know, that was really impressive and a, a very good win for them. So I thought that was one of the most impressive things today. All right, John. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your day. Tough loss today, but... There is always next week. Yes, indeed. We'll talk next week. All right. So when we get back, guys, we're going to digest this game. We're going to look forward to the Vikings. We're going to keep. Are we doing down here? I mean, I mean I, it's almost like a depression here. The four of us. We're looking at each other. We're moping around. We don't know what to do. Oh <laughs> uh, man! All right. Uh, what well, we're going to? I tell you, what we're going to do. We're going to keep on digesting this thing, there, Paul. All right, you guys, stay tuned. This is Hot Talk, and your home for the Seattle Seahawks, seven ten ESPN in Cairo, ninety seven point three FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus here with Robert Turbin, Paul Moyer, and Ray Roberts. We're sitting here trying to figure out what to do, where to go, what to believe in. <laughs> well, well, well. This first week, the Hawks are out there, and they look good, and we're and we're we feeling good. Our chests are big, or you know, we're riding high. And now the Tennessee Titans come in and bring us back to reality and remind us this is the NFL, and you have to finish the games. You must not have ten penalties. You must not have foolish penalties. They took care of the football, but sometimes that isn't enough. Now, Ray Roberts, we talked about this offense week one, and there are some things you pointed out that you really liked. You liked the pre-snap motion and all that moving in misdirection. We didn't see much of that this game. No, we didn't. And it, and it, it almost felt like they were trying to feel their way through the game to figure out what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. And so it, I, I, I had a hard time trying to understand what they were trying to get accomplished. And then I couldn't understand why they weren't using a lot of that pre-snap motion and some of that motion right at the snap of the ball because that kind of gives the makes the defense hesitate for just a second. It improves your running game. You can run other uh, you know types of passes and screens and things off of it. So we didn't see much of that. And then in the first game, it felt like they made – you had to defend the entire field, and it didn't feel like they were forcing the Titans to defend the entire field. Now, the other good, the other good thing about it, though, is that the explosive plays were still there. You know, the big passes to big passes to Swain and and um, and uh, Lockett. So those things are still there. We just need to figure out what we're trying to do between those explosive plays and what what it is that we're trying to get accomplished. And I, and I think. You know, coming back next week, I think they'll have a, a better understanding of what they want to do, how they want to do it, and how they want to attack teams in the run game. Yeah, I think they're they're still kind of in this limbo, like, man, what do we like? You know, what do we like in certain situations? Because it comes down to situational football a lot of times, uh, third downs and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. I'm sorry? Oh, uh, I had to fix my, fix my mic there. Yeah, so situational football is huge, right? Trying to figure out what do we like here, and I think – they're still trying to iron that out with each other. They're still trying to get to know one another in those instances. And then going back to what you were talking about, Ray, just in general, I mean, we saw last week 
things being set up for people. We're going to do a little screen here and a little swing pass there to this guy and a little fly sweep to this, just to get some guys in rhythm, give them the ball, give them the feel. We didn't see that today. We didn't see, you know, much tempo offense that we talked about all offseason uh, today, you know. And so uh, I, there is that feeling out process. That's what it looked like, almost as if, like, the Titans were kind of dictating what, what we were going to do. And we don't want to operate offense like that, Paul. Yeah, the, the other thing, I haven't gone back and looked at all the statistics yet on it. And, you know, Shane's learning too, right? The one He's going to learn that people, they game plan you. And they're going to find out what you like to do. And you, you, while well, you have things scripted out and even, you know, um, situations, as a coach, man, we, we get comfortable. And all of a sudden in a press situation, we go to what is comfortable rather than, you know, following the, the script. So he'll learn as well. The one thing that will be interesting to go back and look at because – Look, we weren't successful with running. Is I'm curious to see how many times we ran on first down versus second down. You know, sometimes maybe changing that up as well because we're running on first down all the time and it's stopping. We're getting one or two yards. Now we're now we're back in passing motion or you know, if we have an incomplete. Now we're at third and nine and we just couldn't convert. Yeah, you know, maybe sometimes it is. Let's throw on first. Let's run on second. You know, right. and I don't know if that's the Ted. There's nothing that is jumping out at me yet. You know, we'll we'll, we'll go through that and those things to how you can change that, that tempo as well. But, you know, again, I really this just comes down to they're going to watch this game, you guys. It's come down to five plays. Mm-hmm. Always. It, it, and it, last week, we, maybe we had a false sense of security. I, I think it was second and 20 right before the half. It's 14 to 10. And all of a sudden, Russ makes just, you know, incredible throw and, and you know, Tyler Lockett. Now we're up 21 to uh, 10, and, and it just feels comfortable. You know, we're, we're in control. They've got to throw the ball. We're up 24 to 9 here. I didn't feel comfortable. And it, partly it's Julio Jones. Partly it's you never Henry. And, yeah. and so w- one of the key parts of this game was we just taken a fifteen should have been a fifteen point lead. Miss it. We're up fourteen. Two plays later, they score and one. That was that sixty yard run by Henry. Mm-hmm. So instead of eating the clock up, it, we're in the fourth quarter now. We're up two scores. Instead of eating that clock, mm-hmm. boom, we give up a big play. And I just, you know, to be outscored twenty-four to six in the second half and in the in the, in the overtime, that's just, you know, maybe we're just getting in our own way. Yeah, you know, just not making plays. You know, I, you know, I've never, I've never coached at the college level or the NFL level. Um, Paul, obviously, you've done, you've done that. But I saw a plan, at least a game plan, that was like, look, we're gonna get them with this. We're not going to do what we did last week. You know, they're going to expect us to do this when we line up in this. Instead, we're going to hit them with this. And you kind of coach yourself out of doing what makes you you. Or sometimes you just got to line up and say, yep, this is the formation. Yep, this is the down and distance. Just stop us. You know, sometimes you overthink it. So maybe Shane Waldron as a young coordinator who's getting his feet wet into this thing, he's going to look back at that film and just be like, man, forget it. Let's just be who we are. If I'm going to line up and show Jess Sweep a bunch of times and, and run the ball, even though the box is loaded like Turbo was talking about, let's just do it. Our guys are just going to out-execute you. You know what was interesting about – look, I thought they had a really good offensive game plan. I about Tennessee and, and defensive game plan. Look, we put up yards. We scored 30 points. Yeah, it wasn't like we didn't have success offensively. It's pretty, you know, obviously the fourth quarter wasn't as good. They jumped our short stuff, and they went one-on-one with DK. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, we're, we're willing to take that risk. And, you know, I, I, he's going to have to have a bounce back game. It's going to be a really good film for him as well and learn that, hey, there are some times where I just got to take it. There are times I got to try and set him up to beat it. He's got to keep getting better, which I know he will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was so to me, it was an interesting game, Clyde, because you don't see that much. 
all right, DK, you're on your own. We don't care. We're going to put our one guy, and we're going to stop you. That's a rare – we don't see that often. Yeah, I think the one thing that, you know, even during the game, Paul, that you kept reminding me of is that, you know, people game – you know, they've seen you on film, and they and they get to coach and game plan up and all those types of things. And uh, and so, you know, I think some of that is is what happened too, you know what I'm saying? And uh, But also, just without being able to see the film, but just kind of some of the things I was watching during the game, I don't know that – I don't know that Gabe Jackson – I kept thinking it was – I kept – Calling the, I kept calling him Damian Lewis, but it's actually Gabe Jackson who was struggling uh, in the game. There, there, he just didn't look like his normal, uh, like steady self. Like he wasn't getting movement. There's a lot of times in the in the run game where he was just getting stalemated at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, then uh, in some of the pass rush, uh, they were kind of getting the edge on him, which you don't normally see with him. So I don't know if you know if he was just kind of out of sorts today. But the middle of the of the offensive line didn't play as uh, strong as they did the first week. And so if you once you start looking at the film, you'll find the little things, like you said, all the things that we need to improve on, get better mm-hmm. at, you know, even the, the coaches, you know, Shane figuring out, you know, how he's going to adjust to how people are adjusting to him, all those different kinds of things. Bobby and, and the defense talking about doing your job and filling the gaps and, you know, doing all those kinds of things. So, uh, But I think that when we look at the offense in the second half and try to figure out why the running game may not have taken off the way it t- did, I think the, the guard play – uh, and the, guard, the the center and the guard play wasn't as precise as it was in the first week. Yeah, you're never as good or as bad as you think you are until you watch the film. Yeah, exactly. And I can't wait to watch lie. that all 22. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I want to allude to something as well. It kind of seemed like in the second half we were just, uh, you know, it's like trying to hurry up the game. Like we need the game to hurry up and be over. You know, it's like we're trying to just get through it uh, instead of going out there. Uh, and, and, and winning. So, uh, you know, a lot to improve on on this offense. The other thing, too, is, you know, last week, what did they say? Like, hey, we got a bunch of guys who can line up at different spots and do different things offensively, right? We're never going to be in the same. Today, it seemed like everybody was just in the same spot. And there really wasn't a lot of motion. On yeah. You know what stuff. I mean? And, again, maybe they had a game plan where they said, hey, they don't they don't move with right. motion. They, there's no reason to, 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 to try and move their, their defense. To, uh, but – I don't know. You know, again, that's that. What was wrong? What was it? Mm-hmm. And it really, to me, it yeah. still comes down to and, playmakers and make plays. And you know what? And maybe they stayed true to their game plan. You mentioned it. Maybe they didn't like the motion this week. You know, we're not in the meeting rooms with them. I promise you, I do not watch as much film as those coaches watch of the their opponents. But, um, you know, if if they live and died by what they came into the game wanting to do, then if you take an L, I feel like you can deal with that. Now, you know, you watch, we watched the uh, Monday Night Football deal the other day and with the Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, and they say, look, at halftime, there's not really that many adjustments. <laughs> right. You know, by the time you come down, there's two minutes left. You're like, all right, guys, let's keep doing this or let's do that, and you get back onto the field. So it's not like at halftime you can sit down and say, all right, we're throwing everything out. <laughs> right. All right, guys, we're going to – remember what we did last week? Let's do that. That's not realistic. So I, I would like to think that, and I know. You know I'm not even going to think. I know that these coaches put in the time to where they had a game plan that they believed in. It just didn't work out for them. Yeah, and that's a good service announcement for all the uh, the expert Twitter <laughs> coaches is that they're all oh, this, like, you didn't make any adjustments at halftime. You have two minutes, bro. <laughs> like, like it's just not going to happen. And so, yeah, like, you know, I had asked you that earlier uh, during the game, Bump, like, you know, with the motion and stuff, if the defense plays a certain way and they don't really – you know, respect that or not respect it, but they don't move to that. Uh, maybe that's one reason they don't, you know, they don't go about it. But uh, 
I just feel like you know sometimes you just have to do what you do. Like I like for Kansas City mm-hmm. Chiefs are playing right now, and I don't know how much zone versus man to man that they see, but in their run game, they still do that stuff all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because it sets up so many other things, and so it, it'll just be curious to see like as this offense evolves and as Shane's. Uh, you know, fingerprint is on this offense and how it operates, like where all of that stuff starts to kind of level out and find its way and, and find, find uh, you know, what they do well with it and, and then the other pieces that they can add to it. Food food for thought. And I, we're probably going to break or something here, right? Food for thought. To sometimes scoring 30 points as quick as we did is it detrimental to winning the football game. You know, again, this is different for Pete, right? Pete likes to grind things out. He wants to eat some clock. We're not eating clock. You know, we're not we're not having sustained drives. Maybe that will come. You know, we need to sustain it. But when we score, we score quick. So just some food for thought food on that. Food for thought. Shoot, I'll score 30 as quick as I can. <laughs> Any day. Any day. I'm the only Any defensive day. guy here, man. Any day. Help me out, NASA. Any day. I need Wyman Any right here. Day. I know, but I'm tired. I didn't get a cup of I didn't get Any the, day. my water. I'm so Any glad you said day. that because I, I, I'm sitting here like, I'm like trying to be down with Paul, and I'm just like, Any yeah, day. like, I get that. No, I was looking at all three of you like it was ghost, right? Y'all three, you checked out on me. I'm over here thinking, like, trying to think, like, really deeply about it. Like, okay, you know. No, food. I can well, deal with the no. food part of it. Like, and then let me run that thing in the second half. <laughs> there you go, right? Hey, drain that clock. All right. When All we right. come back, we're going to go through some highlights. I'm sitting here with the guys, Paul Moy, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. I'm Michael Bumpus. Come back with us. This is Hot Talk in your home for the Seattle Seahawks, 710 ESPN and Cairo, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bubba sitting here with my guys, Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, Paul Moyer. Now we're going to go through the highlight recap. To start the game, the Hawks go three and out, three plays, nine yards. They punt the ball. They get to the Tennessee Titans. They go three and out. And then Russell Wilson finds Tyler Lockett for a 51-yard receptions, but the Hawks set a four-field goal. The play fake. Russ, half roll to the right. Looks, he's going to throw back. Downfield. Tyler Lockett waits. He adjusts. He makes the catch inside the 20-yard line. Absolutely perfect. The rainbow shot continues from Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett. A 51-yard game. Man, Tyler must have played baseball back in the day. I mean, he's got the best eye. He's just best at tracking the football. Great catch by Tyler Lockett there, uh, uh, leading the Seahawks to a field goal on that drive. Yes, great play there. Tyler Lockett always makes the big play. All right, another guy who made a big play, Julio Jones. Ryan Tannehill connects with Julio Jones for a 51-yard reception. Henry in the backfield, play fake to him. Tannehill, pump fake. He's going to let it fly. Got a man out there. It's Julio Jones, and over-the-shoulder catch, and he makes it. He makes the catch. Just inside the cornerback, Trey Flowers, who was running stride for stride, and Diggs was back there as well, but it was an absolutely perfect pass, and Julio wasn't about to miss it, a 51-yard gain. Yeah, well, you know, Trey Flowers, I think, was Babineau's uh, pick for Key Hawk. And, uh, and today, you know, he was in position to, to make plays, didn't quite make them. But Hulo Jones, we talked about that at the beginning of the season, I mean, the beginning of the game. He averaged about 130 yards per game versus the Seahawks. And I think today he ended up with 128. So it's, it's like, you know, he's right on point with what he normally does. Versus so we Seahawks. played better. Two yards better. <laughs> okay. That was Julio being Julio, but on this drive, Bobby is Bobby Wagner as he sacks Ryan Tannehill on third and goal, forced the Titans to kick a field goal, making it 3-3. Tannehill from the shotgun with a slot near side. Tannehill 
blitz. Bobby Wagner came flashing through untouched, and he just buried Tannehill back at the 15-yard line, an eight-yard loss. And Dave, you mentioned it. There may be no better blitzer from that inside backer spot. Could not. Uh, agree more on that one. I mean, he uh, he is one of the best blitz and linebackers of the middle. I think centers have a hard time on that one. No one touched him. I, I was actually worried that because he had his hands up and he came down a little bit on the helmet. I go, please don't call yeah. passing or, or roughing the passer. I mean, you can't even throw a pillow at these guys. But, you know, as one of his 20 tackles. I mean, he was obviously very active today uh, and, you know, set a franchise record with 20 tackles. All right, later on in that half, Russell Wilson goes deep again. He finds Tyler Lockett for a 63-yard touchdown, making it 3-2. Excuse me, 10-6. to six. Wide slot, far side. Russ play fake, being chased. Now he looks, now he throws back. It's Tyler Lockett. Waits, makes the catch, breaks the tackle, 30, 25. They're not going to touch him. 10-5, touchdown, Tyler Lockett. Touchdown, Seahawks. A 63-yarder that Tyler Lockett stopped, started, broke a tackle, and then broke the tape at the finish line like he was winning the 100 in the Olympics. The building is rocking, and the Seahawks go on top 9-6. to Man, Tyler Lockett doing what he does best, making big plays and hit him with that whoop. Did I sound like Chris Berman? <laughs> Did bit. I sound like Chris <laughs> Berman? He hit, him with, he hit him with the Chris Berman for a touchdown, man. That was a great play. Big play by Tyler Lockett. Two weeks in a row, he's coming up big. Now, a new guy on the block, Alton Robinson, strip sacks Tannehill, recovered by Kerry Hyer. That set up a two-yard TD run by Chris Carson, making it 17-6. Single setback with a tight slot to the right side. Play fake to Henry. He gets hit. Ball comes out. Seahawks jump on it. Seahawks football at the five-yard line of Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill never saw it coming. I'm not sure who got through. But Kerry Hyder recovered. I believe it was Alton Robinson who got through for the sack, the forced fumble, and the Seahawks defense. Wow, if they hit their stride. And the offense now looks at a short field of six yards to try to punch this one in. Yeah, I will say, you know, the thing about Alton Robinson is that when he comes in the game, he makes things happen. And so he was able to beat the the uh, left tackle on that play, get a, a strip sack, and then Hyder was able to recover it. And then even Hyder, like, you know, didn't defend the run as well today, but we had a, some good pass rushes from, from a bunch of different guys, so we're still developing that rotation for the future. All right, and to end the second quarter, the Hawks go on a seven-play, 75-yard drive, capped off by a one-yard TD run by Chris Carson. Carson in the backfield. I'd keep an eye on him. He's going to get the handoff. He's going to barrel in. He's going to score. Touchdown, Seahawks. Chris Carson fights his way into the end zone for six. A one-yard touchdown run, and Seattle really needed to pay that off. I'll give you guys another one. For a one-yard touchdown, Chris Carson getting it in there, man. Love to see it. Love to see it. Chris Carson probably didn't get the touches that he wanted, but you know what? He scored two touchdowns. He did contribute. All right, now in the third quarter, the only touchdown for the second half for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson finds Freddie Swain for a 60-yard touchdown, making it 30-16. to Here comes the rush. Russ has time. Let's it fight. Got a man open. Making the catch. Down the sideline is Swain. 10-5. Touchdown. Seahawks, 68 yards. How in the world did he get that open? 
Vrabel is asking the same question on the far side as the defensive backs look at each other, and Freddie Swain just ran right past all of them for 68 yards. He takes it in for six, his first touchdown of the season. I'll tell you how he got that open. Miscommunication over the bus on defense, and Russell Wilson saw that and gave Freddie Swain an opportunity to catch the football and run with it. I, those are the hardest catches in the world. <laughs> All by yourself. You know you're going to score. All you have to do is keep possession. You hear Freddie Swain, he spoke to Jen Mueller about that and said, man, I just didn't want to drop that thing. Uh, nice to see number 18 contribute. He came into the season hoping to be the number three receiver. Right now, it looks like he is the number three receiver. All right. Now, Derrick Henry has a big run of 60 yards. Makes the game 30 to 23. Henry stays in the backfield. First and 10. He gets the handoff. Starts left. Cuts back inside. A missed tackle. Turns upfield. Being chased by Diggs. Down the near sidelines. Stiff arms Diggs. He's going to go in. Are you kidding me? Derrick Henry goes 60 yards down the near sideline. Seattle had done a magnificent job the entire game of bottling up number 22. He bounces outside, two tackles missed, and he goes 60 yards for a touch. And just like that, Tennessee right back in at 30 to 22. Yeah, that's the thing about Derrick Henry. He's such a big back, and you and you have to always have gap integrity across the whole line because a lot of people think that he's just going to hit the front side, hit the front side, hit the front side. But that dude has quick feet. He cuts things back. I think uh, Turbo did a good job of explaining that play. Sometimes it's a design cutback, so you want the backside to go chasing, and then he cuts back behind, and you have some down blocks, and then he was able to take it a distance. For a guy so big to be able to run that fast and take it a distance, pretty pretty incredible. All right, then the Titans go on a 12-play, 68-yard drive. Derrick Henry, the defense kind of tried to bow up on that on the goal line, but it just didn't happen. Derrick Henry scores a one-yard touchdown. So here we go. Seattle defense looking at Derrick Henry. Tannehill from the shotgun. Tannehill get, make it, Henry gets it, he just steps in. He steps in almost untouched. Yeah, I mean, listen, by this time, he's in rhythm, man. I mean, he's in rhythm, and and when a guy like this, who's the best running back in the league, gets in rhythm like this, it's going to be hard to stop. Great play by by, by the Titans. All right, and then uh, they get in overtime. And what happens, the Tennessee Titans win the toss. They go drive down the field. They put it on the foot. The Hawks get the football. They're backed up three passes in a row. They have to put it on the foot. And then they give the Tennessee Titans great field position. Randy Bullock wins the game for them with a field goal in overtime. Before we listen to this, I'm going to say Rabel's going to sound really sad when this goes through the uprise. So a 36-yard field goal by Randy Bullock. His long is 57, career long. This to win it for Tennessee. There's the snap. The kick is away. And the kick is good. And the Tennessee Titans come all the way across country, and they beat the Seattle Seahawks here at Lumen Field. And you got to tip your hat off to the Tennessee Titans. They never gave up. There was a moment where they could have given up going into halftime 24-9. to Everyone's feeling good. Vrabel must have had a heck of a halftime speech and said, look, we are going to feed our horse. Derrick Henry, that 60-yard run kind of gets things going. But what do you have to do? you got to watch the film, digest it, flush this thing, and move on. That's what we're going to do when we come back. We're going to give a Vikings preview. You guys come join us. Oh, I'm sorry, not a Vikings preview. We'll get to that later. But we got the game MVP coming up. Mm. That's next on Hawk Talk, your home for the Seattle Seahawks, 710 ESPN and Cairo 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm sitting here with the guys. 
We got to pick a game MVP. The game didn't end up the way we wanted to. Hawks lose in overtime to the Tennessee Titans. But we must pick a game MVP. Who wants to go Says first? who? Uh, Says it, our producer, Nasa oh, Chobie. Oh, yeah, and oh, it's, and my it's bad. a sponsored piece. Uh, yeah, we're going to get a game MVP. <laughs> Go ahead, Durbo. You, you're first, buddy. Oh, I got to go. It's Wait, you're after rough. a loss? Yeah. After an L. I just Somebody like, had a good game. I just feel like MVP after an L, man. All right. You know what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going B-Wax. B-Wax, 20 tackles. Uh, Seahawks record. Uh, and, you know, he played well. He played well, filling gaps, making tackles, making plays in the passing game. Uh, putting pressure on the quarterback, had a sack. Um, he's my game MVP for today. Uh, I, I can I can see how I can say that. I, I, I can remember listening to the pregame show, and, and uh, Dave Wyman was saying uh, of Bobby's tackles at the end of the game, he would want to know where a lot of those tackles were. And I know Bobby made a lot of plays around the line of scrimmage, but he also made a lot of tackles and coverage. Uh, but I think, you know, it's hard to for the second week in a row to not just look at the the body of work that Tyler Lockett is doing and and not have him be the MVP. Uh, I mean, the dude just is just making his touchdown to catch ratio must be like out of this world because it seems like every second or third catch he gets is a touchdown. So I'm going with I'm going with uh, my man Lockett. Yeah, I mean it's always tough with MVP, but there, you, we got to find the best who played the best. I, to me, it's Tyler Lockett. I mean, what he did again: 178 yards, 11 targets, eight catches. Uh, I was t- I would talked actually with Dave Wyman after I said, "God, Bobby set a franchise record: 20 ta- tackles." <clears throat> he goes, "You know, the most tackles I ever had in a game is the worst game I ever played." Yep. And you know, 212 yards rushing on the ground. You know, uh, what they did off, I can't give it to a defensive player. I'm going to honor Bobby and, you know, another <laughs> great accomplishment. You know, 20 tackles. Is, I mean, he's going to be sore tomorrow. But 10 of them were in the passing game, you know, so they were working in the middle of the field a bunch as well. Um, but I think Tyler was played a great game. And, you know, for me, I, I'm going to give it to him for that reason. Yep, I got to go with Tyler Lockett as well. And the thing about Tyler Lockett is, right, you look at these young receivers in the league, right? You have the Waddles, the Justin Jefferson, the Jared Judy. Like, their styles are similar. Tyler Lockett has his own style. (laughs) I don't see anybody who runs routes like him, who catches the football like him, and it works, man. And and even when you think he's not going to get open, he's open. He catches the tough football. Man, it's fun to watch a smaller guy with his own style go out there and perform. So I think... Our MVP, well, I know our MVP, is Tyler Lockett. Eight receptions, 178 yards, one touchdown. Is that that's the second week in a row he's got this thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Second, and, and he deserved it. He First deserved game, it both times. Four catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. All he does is do his thing and perform. Tyler Lockett, like watching him play. All right. When we get back, we're going to preview the Minnesota Vikings. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals. We'll do that right here on Hawk Talk, your home for the Seattle Seahawks, 710 ESPN in Cairo, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. It's time to put a bow on it. Got to talk about these Minnesota Vikings. Seahawks traveled to Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings lost to the Arizona Cardinals 33-34. But they have some weapons. They are 0-2, but don't you let that record fool you. Dalvin Cook rushed for 131 yards against these Cardinals. Justin Jefferson had a touchdown. Um, Kirk Cousins, the quarterback who shines during the regular season, 22 of 32, 244 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. When you think about these Vikings 
the first thing that comes to my mind is um, a team that will trick you into believing that they're not solid. This is a solid ball club. Every single year they come out and play. What should we look after, Paul? No, they, they're. I think they're well coached. They have been, you know, traditionally. I think they their problem is, man, they just. I, their head coach, I, he just can't make up his mind. It feels like he's always changing his mind of what scheme we're going to run. And, you know, is Cousins my guy? Is he not my guy? Uh, they're skilled. I think defensively, you know, we can get after them. I mean, Arizona put over 30 on them. It, it's it's a weird league, man, right? I mean, think about Arizona last week. Just dominates Tennessee, who has a great off. I mean, dominates. I mean, today they should have lost. I mean, if Minnesota makes a 37-yard field goal, they lose. How about New Orleans? And I know we're on Minnesota right now. New Orleans last week just destroys Green Bay. It destroys them. They are, holy crud, they're Super Bowl contenders. And then just gets whooped up by Carolina. What do you think they're saying right now about their team? Mm. You know, we lose in overtime. We haven't lost yet in regulation this year, so I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> so let's keep that going. And, uh, you know, Minnesota on the road, it'll be a tough game, but it's a game I expect us to win. Yeah, you know, and last year, you know, Minnesota came here. It was a, it was a tight game. Was, I think the Seahawks won 27-26. Uh, but Kirk Cousins was, had a pretty efficient day, and then Dalvin Cook was injured, uh, got injured during the game but uh, and rushed for 60 yards. But the backup, I think his name was Matheson, I think, uh, came in and rushed for like another 112 yards. So you're going to have to stop the run and then really force Kirk, Kirk Cousins uh, to have to make the plays to those the receivers that you're talking about. So the pass rush is going to be important. Stop it. It's the same game plan as the first two games they're going to have to do on defense. And on offense, I just think you have to come and like, uh, like Turbin just said, uh, at some point you have to just impose your will on the other team. However that is, it could be in the passing game where they, if you can block them up and complete the ball, you know, the passes down the field and make big chunk plays. Or if it's going to be like, to me, when I think of imposing will, it's a physical thing. And that's in the run game. So that means you, you're feeding Chris Carson, even if it's not you know getting five or six yards of carry, but the threat of you, your commitment to the run game, makes them have to continue to respect it, and then it opens up your play action pass and some of those uh, big shots down the field. The one thing I'd, that I'd like to see is like in the pre in the practice or you know, preseason, some of the play action pass was going to like the intermediate underneath routes. Yeah. And just haven't seen some any of that. It seemed like the, the the play action has been pushing the ball down the field. So, I think there's some things for for the offense to work out. Just who they are, what they want to be, what package they're bringing, and then how they're gonna do what they do, regardless of what other people the defense is trying to get accomplished. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at these numbers and I can't even figure out how the Cardinals won this game, but they did. And at the end of the day, if you're Seattle, you're gonna have to put your big boy pants on next week and go get a road victory. If you have championship aspirations, which they do, and they have the, the obviously the talent and the team uh, to be able to get that done, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's eyes as well, you got to go out here and you got to win a tough road game in Minnesota against a good offense who's efficient. You mentioned no turnovers, I think, Paul, right? No turnovers in this game. Uh, Cardinals had two interceptions, right? How did they lose this game? I don't know, but uh, your division rival just won this game, just beat this team. You need to go out here on the road and do the same thing next week. The Seahawks are the first team in the NFC West to take an L this year. We're probably going to be in last place because uh, are they all played. Yeah, they all won, right? Yeah. Arizona, yeah. San Francisco, the Rams. I was thinking there was another game tomorrow, but yeah, it's pretty weird. You're one and one, and you're you're in last place, not and not even tied for last. Not even tied. It is so tough. Low. It's tough league. It was a tough game, but hopefully these guys will bounce back. 
All right, today's final score, Seahawks 30, Titans 33. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. On-site engineer Zach Davies, studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the the Seahawks radio network, NASA Choby. The Seahawks are back on the road next Sunday as they take on the Minnesota Vikings. Pre-game coverage begins 10 a.m. on the Seahawks radio network. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin, I am Michael Bumpus. The Titans beat the Seahawks 33-30 in OT. Talk to you next week.